Listen, I felt as I was standing over there tonight that I really want to share with you um, from a light place. So I don't want to go in too heavy. So if I get quiet, usually when I get serious, I, get, I talk like this. So tonight if I start getting um, not so loud, but if I start speaking softer, please put up your hand and say start going loud again. The louder I am, the more passionate I am, and the better the word comes across, right? Good. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you that we are here tonight in your presence. Thank you that you have already visited with us. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you're a good, good Father. Thank you, Lord, that tonight as we share the word, I pray that we will take your word to heart, that even as I share and speak what's in my heart, Lord, that people's hearts and minds and eyes will open to receive from you, not from me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to, as I start tonight, just want to find out if you have ever had this happen to you in your life. You, you grew up with someone, like a brother or sister, or you had a friend, close friend or relative, that you were friends with all your life. And then at some stage, they become this famous person that either acts in movies or they become this famous sports person and they like world-renowned for their sports or their achievements. Has anybody had that before? Thank you, thank you. Okay. And we're not name-dropping tonight, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I felt actually in preparing for the sermon not to name-drop, so I'm not going to do that. But it's interesting because I was thinking as I was preparing the sermon tonight, we in this theme of a body of heroes. And um, Olivia's got this one friend. I always use my wife as an example because I, I like doing that. But I'm, I'm not pulling a leg tonight or joking about her or with her or so forth. But anyway, so she had a friend and they grew up together in a small town. They were house friends. And again, I'm not going to mention names, but just growing up together and... After school, this person came and studied in the city, and now this person is a South African movie star, and she acts in TV shows and things like that. And I thought to myself, while I was preparing, isn't that incredible? You grow up with someone, and you're with someone, and all of a sudden, this happens. And you think, how did that happen? Where did I miss this? Or was it there always, you know? And in coming into that, bringing that story into what I want to share tonight, is about James, Jesus' brother. Whom of you know about James? Okay, so there's a book in the Bible also called James. Do you, do you, you know that Jesus had a couple of brothers? And like Pastor Louis said this morning, we don't know how many sisters, but as I read up, there was about two sisters. So most of the places where I studied up about it said he had about two sisters. But he had his brother, James. And I want you to place yourself, I'm going to do this cre as creative as possible. I want you to place yourself in the footsteps or in James's position, growing up with Jesus as your brother, okay? Think of that. We have history now. We know the Bible. I know that if I was growing up with Jesus now, man, <laughs> it will change my life. But growing up with him, just hearing your mom say, Listen, James, you know, Jesus, you know, I was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It wasn't your dad. 
Okay, I know there's kids here, so I won't go into too much detail. So it's not your dad. It was God who did this. An angel appeared to me, and you grow up all your life just hearing this. James, Jesus, he's the Messiah. He's going to save the world. He's the one. And you become familiar with the story. It just becomes same old, same old. Mom is saying this. You're growing up with Jesus. Man, he's your brother. You wrestle together. You do it. You burp. Come on. Okay. You eat together. You eat like furious speed. You just eat everything and chomp everything. And, you know, you study together. You walk together. This is your brother. James is your brother. But you keep in the back of your mind and you keep on hearing your mom saying, he's the Messiah. And so much so that you become familiar with him. I mean, Jesus was learned. He, he knew the Torah. He studied it well. You studied with him, with your brother Jesus. We read that when Jesus was 12, he was in the temple speaking to all the leaders, and they were amazed at his wisdom. Okay? And then his mom and dad lost him. Anyway, so that was a funny story. So if I think of Rock and Aiden sitting here in front, and imagine... We keep telling Rourke that Aiden's the Messiah, for example's sake. Aiden's starting to blush but, <laughs> because he's in, he doesn't like the limelight. But can you imagine the two of them growing up and Rourke thinks, well, that's just what everybody says. I don't see it. They come, become familiar. And we read in the Bible that it says that James did not believe in Jesus. Who knew that? Thank you. Yo, thanks for being participants. So we read that James was not a believer. He didn't believe in Jesus. And while I was studying up James for tonight, for preaching about him, I learned so much. And I hope that tonight you will learn from this as well. That's why I want to make the sermon light. I want to give you the word in an in a easy way for practical reasons. Okay. So I'm going to read some scripture quickly. Just to show you that James was Jesus' brother, and as I go through my sermon, I will revert back to some of them. The first time, or the first part is in Matthew 13, verse 55. It says the following. It was when um, Jesus was rejected in Nazareth. So it says here, they were speaking to him, and they said, is this not the carpenter's son? Is it not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? So there we see there's proof that James was Jesus' brother. When we go to John 7, verse 2 to 5, it says the following. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, Judea sorry, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, Show yourself to the world, for even his brothers did not believe him, verse 5. So there we see that the brothers did not believe him. If we read in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 7, it says the following, After that, this is now Jesus, Paul writing about him, After that he was seen by James, then by the other apostles. Okay? And last one is in Acts 1, verse 14, where they were waiting in the upper room. Sorry, that paper just went away. Here we go. Acts 1, verse 14, it says the following. These all continued with one accord, this is all the people, in prayer and supplication, 
with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So I'll revert back to that. That's just some of the scriptures that I want to get to. And there's, I want to take you kind of like on a journey tonight through James and give you some highlights from his life. And in that, hopefully you will find that it's relative for you. See, if we start out with James being, I almost want to say like a skeptic, um, familiar, I was reading up and I thought, you know, how many times do we come to church and we just become familiar with church and church surroundings? We come to church every Sunday night or Sunday morning. You guys are going to be honest on your cards or every Sunday morning and evening, or like us, you live at the church, but you come to church all the time, and you become familiar with the surroundings. You come and sit in the same seat every Sunday night, or you come and stand there at the back or in the middle, and that's where you worship. Can I just say, I heard this once, if you come and worship in front, I know some people say there's bigger anointing here, but for me, we know what's really cool. If I stand in worship in front, I can't see who's looking at me. So I can do whatever I want to in front of the Lord because no one, if I stand in the middle, I see, ooh, if I put my hand up, why is this person looking at me? But if I'm in front, I don't see who's looking at me. So that's an interesting way of worshiping the Lord all out. Okay. So yes, so we come to church so often and we become familiar with our surroundings. And you know what happens when that happens? It's a very dangerous place to be at. Because when I'm familiar with something or in a surrounding that I found my, find myself in, then sometimes I miss what it's all about. For me, it just becomes a ritual, a normal thing of going to church. This is just something that we do. But in actual fact, coming to church is not what I can get. It's what I can come and give back to Jesus amongst all my fellowship of believers in that. And that's something I want to leave with you tonight is that we must learn from James's life as he was familiar with Jesus. He wasn't at the first miracle that Jesus performed. Jesus turned water into wine and he wasn't there. Can you imagine his mom coming back home and saying, James, you missed it. Tonight Jesus actually, you know, showed himself and you missed it. You weren't there. The Bible says he wasn't at all the teachings that Jesus gave. He was so familiar with Jesus and this just being around him, that he missed some of the things. And I want to encourage you to not be so familiar what we can learn from James with our surroundings and just the normal church coming to church and be here, that we miss that it's about Jesus. And when we change that familiarity and we start choosing that we're going to be here for Jesus, we will see him move amongst us and we will start seeing miracles. Because sometimes I might sit in the chair in the church, and um, I'll be honest with you. Can I be honest? Sometimes I hear the pastor preach, and I think, I've heard this before. And, you know, I switch off. Do you guys switch off when I preach? <laughs> Matthew is always participating when I'm preaching, so he's always listening. I know that. The thing is, sometimes I want to switch off because I think, I've heard this before. Instead of saying I'm going to break the norm and I'm going to choose to listen today because maybe in the same thing that I'm hearing today, there's a nugget for me that will change my life. Breaking familiarity. Sometimes breaking familiarity. Sometimes 
we break something in the physical for it to break in the spiritual. Meaning, if I come to church and I'm used to just sitting in one spot, maybe you're not coming to church for yourself and you sit there and you realize someone on the other side of the church is sitting alone. Maybe I should go and sit with them tonight. And you break the norm there for yourself and God's got something there for you and you don't miss what God's got for you. So the first point was that James was a skeptic and he was familiar with Jesus. The second thing I want to go into is we need to make a decision to believe again and to focus on Jesus. We see this that James, in, in 1 Corinthians, what I read earlier, it says that Jesus appeared to James. And I want to say that this is the thing that changed James from being a skeptic or familiar to a believer. James became a believer at some stage, and the Bible says that Jesus appeared to some people, and before he appeared to the apostles, he appeared to James. And when James had a revelation of the risen Christ after Jesus died, because he still didn't believe. He was probably in a state of, my brother was just crucified, and now what? We still know all the prophecies and what mom told us, but he's dead. And yet Jesus comes and appears to James and reveals himself to James. And from there he was a believer. So I want to I wanna give some practical examples of where I can think if we can open ourselves up to say, in this area, I think I want a bigger revelation of Jesus, of Christ Jesus and who he is. Where can I find myself, where can I place myself intentionally so that I will find Jesus there? Here's some examples. If I volunteer in the church, I start serving. I start not focusing on myself, but I start focusing on other people in serving. So if I volunteer, it opens places for me to find Jesus. If I am going on an outreach, it opens things up where I can find Jesus, where he can reveal himself to me more. In life groups, I've said this before in the evening service and I'll say it again, I've been part of life groups since 1997, even before that. My parents used to run life groups, but starting my own life groups and planting life groups, we've been involved with, with that since 97. And in doing that, God has revealed himself so powerfully, so strong to me in those times that I opened myself up. We're going to start floor groups. We're probably we're in the process of finalizing it, and then we're going to start floor groups. Belonging to a floor group or becoming a floor group leader within the young adults will also be an open door where God can or Jesus can come and reveal himself to you. And that's the things that happened. And that's how James became a believer. You see, if we break the norm of the same old, same old, we open up room for Jesus to come and reveal himself to us strong. Because if I have got a strong revelation of who I am in Christ, if I start believing that I am a child of God through Jesus Christ, and now I'm with the Father, because that's ultimately what the Father wants for us, and that's what I'm getting to my next point, is he became a leader. So he went from a believer, he became a leader. As he became a leader, what happens? When I lead other people, I need to be strong in my foundation, knowing who I am in Christ Jesus, 
and that I've got a relationship with the Father. We see in Acts that they were up in the upper room and he was part of the people that's waiting on instruction on what next should happen. Now, here's the thing what I realized is in this, James found his calling and his purpose. And I want to say this again. Our primary calling and purpose in life is not what I should do or what, I, what works I should do. My primary purpose and calling is to be in relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. And from there, secondary, I will find what is my purpose in life, what's my calling. So that might be that you're an accountant. I always use this as an example. I don't know why I always use accountants as an example. My, yeah, my math is amazing, I'm telling you. Yeah, everybody that knows me laughed now. So we find ourselves that we're accountants, and in being an accountant, my calling is revealed because now I'm a leader, I'm a believer. I know who I am in Christ Jesus, and now wherever I find myself, in whichever job I'm at, I find purpose and I find calling. Can you imagine? This is interesting. So we see that James became a leader in the church, and in Acts 15, he was speaking to the whole council. So, so what happened was Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem, was like the, the mother church, if I can put it that way, of, of the churches. And this is where if something happened, they had to travel to Jerusalem, and this is where the council were, and they spoke about this and made decisions on should you be circumcised, should you not be, is this law, is this love, is this grace, is this mercy. All these things happened there, and we see that they spoke to James. When Paul went back to the council in Jerusalem, he went to speak to James. So James became a very strong leader. Now, I want to say to the people that, that grew up in church or grew up in a Christian home, it's never for nothing if you were just growing up and you're just familiar with your surroundings. Because can you imagine James now being leading the church? It went from him being a skeptic, a believer. He's now a leader and if someone says to him, listen, James, what about this? He says, yeah, you know what? When we were 11, I saw Jesus do this and this. I didn't know why then, but I know why now. Can you imagine all the wisdom that comes from knowing Jesus all your life, being his brother? So we growing up sometimes in a Christian home or just being in church all the time, it's never for nothing. Don't, don't just despise things that things has just happened because, you know, whatever. Everything happens where God is working in you and He's using whatever situation you find yourself in to make you stronger for what He has for you, for your purpose, for your calling. The other day I was just thinking, I was standing and I was wrestling with the Lord about something and I had this clear picture in my mind of someone training, like exercising. And I realized we only get stronger or bigger, I don't know which guys are the big strong guys, we only get stronger and bigger with resistance. And it's the same with our spiritual lives. We get stronger in our spiritual walk with the Lord if there is resistance. But we can only face the resistance through the Holy Spirit inside of us, relying on the strength of the Lord, relying on His guidance. So that's James. He became a leader. I need to say this to you. When I was preparing this, and I was so happy when Pastor Louis prayed for the country this morning, 
We so often hear people say nowadays, we need strong leaders in place to change the country or to change countries or to change the community. But I want to say, before we get strong leaders, we need more people with a clear revelation of who they are in Christ Jesus. And once we find that we have a clear revelation of who I am in Christ, you will automatically become a leader in your community. You will automatically be someone that stands in a in, in a political position, speaking wisdom, because you have a revelation of the risen Christ. We must get people to that place. You see, you and I, we're the people that can sow the seed, we're the people that can give water, but God is the one that helps with the growth. We must just be available. So as we know who we are in Christ, so we will also be leaders and raise up leaders you never know. I might speak to someone today. I've been meeting a lot of lawyers, guys that's studying for law. And it's so interesting. Sorry, I'm looking at Matthew because he's also a lawyer. So it's interesting that how many lawyers are meeting. And when I speak to them, it's amazing how lights come on with, wow, I'm in law because of this. And I can actually change the system because of Christ and in me and my values in doing what I do. So they find purpose in their calling. And I want to end tonight. We've seen now that James was skeptic or familiar. He became a believer. He became a leader. And ending tonight, I want to say that James became an author where he started writing the book of James. We read in Acts 12, um, it's about AD 44, Herod of Agrippa. What happened was is he started persecuting the, the Christians again, and you know what they did? They killed the Christians and did all sorts of ugly things to them. And James wrote the book of James, and he wrote to them to encourage them. And this is something I thought, wow, it was so cool when, I, when, when it sank in. We hear this statement often where it says, go out into the nations or go out into the world, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Meaning my life must be a testimony of, it must be authentic. You're an author, your life must be authentic. But I want to challenge you tonight, and this is how I want to end the sermon, is to ask the Lord to help you, because I've had many people ask me, but Gideon, how do I speak to people? I've been living right, I feel I've been living a godly life, but I don't have, I want to say, the guts to speak to someone and to say, have you ever accepted Jesus? And who've asked that question of someone this week? It's, it's, thank you. It's, it's, it's not to put condemnation on you, because I haven't done it either, not this week. Sorry, so you're in the good hands. But I'm asking that because sometimes we struggle to speak and we feel, but my living is just enough. But what I've learned from James's life, when I have a revelation of who I am in Christ Jesus, I move beyond just the cross and the resurrection. I move into a life of abundance. And then when someone asks me something, I have people that ask me, but what do I say to someone? How do I sow a seed to my unbelieving brother or sister or friend? And I want to encourage you tonight that if you rely on the Holy Spirit, we might not always know the hows and the what's to say. But if I rely on the Holy Spirit, He will give you wisdom in a moment to speak into that person's life. 
It might not be saying, do you want to accept Jesus? It might not be saying that. It might be something simple like, you know, I was so encouraged by the sermon Sunday night. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I was so encouraged by the sermon Sunday night. Don't you want to come to church with me next Sunday? Just by asking someone that. I've asked people to come to church with me. It's very few that say no. Because we're in a world where people want hope. And if they see in my life that I live a certain way, and then I come and I ask, do you want to come to church with me? We're really such a cool community. We come together, we connect, we go and drink coffee, we have fun together, we stir each other up, we pray for each other. Just that. So the how and the what is something that God can do through you and the Holy Spirit can lead you to do. So I want to end tonight and I want to say that maybe you've got an unsaved brother or an unsaved sister or friends. And we usually go and we say, let's pray for them. And it's good to pray for them. We should always pray for them. But maybe I want to challenge you tonight to dare to believe. That's the title for my sermon. Dare to believe that God can work through you to bring that person that you've so desperately been praying for to come to know Christ. That God can work through you with the right words to speak into their lives when you're face to face. And they will, you will be the one leading them to the Lord. So I want to dare you tonight to believe. Dare you to believe that like James, in whatever situation you find yourself in, you can go from being a skeptic to being a believer, to being a leader, and to be authentic in your life. In whatever situation you find yourself in, I want to dare you to believe that Christ through you can change any situation you find yourself in. Amen. Let's pray together. I'm wondering that as I was speaking, if some of you might have felt to ask someone to come to church or to ask someone, do you want to accept Jesus, is probably one of the most daunting things I ever thought of doing. I want to pray specifically for those people first. Father, I pray that not everybody always likes confrontation or likes to ask questions directly. But I do pray, Father, for people that feel that way, that you will clearly help them and guide them now, Holy Spirit, that you will fill them with the boldness and the courage to know that they can dare to believe that you can do such an amazing work through them to actually lead someone to come to know Christ. I pray, Father, for those people to have your love fill their hearts for the people around them. I also want to pray for us tonight, Lord, everybody else that's sitting here. Help us, Lord, to, to really help people to come to know you. That we will dare to believe that in everything we find ourselves in, you will show yourself strong to us and strong to the people around us through the Holy Spirit working in and through us. Fill us afresh again, Holy Spirit, to overflowing so that we will be able to do your work on this earth and let your kingdom come. 
Lord, I pray that as we go out here tonight, that you will bless everybody in this week. Fill us with your spirit. And let us come to know the Father more in a deeper, intimate way in the weeks to come. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. You guys must have a great week. Have fun. Go drink coffee. We've got coffee. I don't know if we've got rusks, but there is definitely coffee. There's foosball. And for those guys, before I forget, something very important. Very important. Um, Thank you. We had a word of wisdom, and I felt that, and I almost forgot. If you want to get baptized, okay, because we, we just, yeah, we've, um, I again saw with Pastor Louis Nell with the children in the grade sevens when they were baptized. If you feel the Lord's prompting on your heart to get baptized, we do baptize in the evenings, but you need to come to the connect table, put on your names, and say, I want to be baptized, because if there's one person, I will baptize, baptize you. If there's nine or ten people, I'll even heat up the pool. Okay. <laughs> there's a special place in heaven for people getting baptized in a swimming pool in winter. So we heat up the pool for you guys. So please, if you want to get baptized, if you've been speaking to the Lord about it, or He's been prompting it in your heart for a while, put up your names, and then we take it from there. Also, they come and those... Forms, come and come on in forms. Please also come and fill it in at the connect table. We'd really appreciate to get to know you better. Thank you. Have a great week. Cheers.